You're listening to an audio resource from Vineyard Church of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. We are joining God's mission, transforming all things, and you're invited. To learn more about us and how you can connect, please visit votr.church. Well, good morning again. If you're tuning in a little late, my name is Jeff. I'm the lead pastor at the Vineyard Church, and we want to welcome you to our online service. The last Sunday of every year, we do an online service only. It really allows our staff and key volunteer base to recharge their batteries a little bit and position uh, all of our hearts for the start of the next year. And and speaking of the new year, I do want to remind you that on January 1st, we are starting a church-wide journey called Holy Sweat. Many of you have already signed up for Holy Sweat. Others have taken the printout home with you. It's on your refrigerator. But I want to remind you just briefly what Holy Sweat is and how you can participate. You think about every year, people start new diets at the beginning of each calendar year, right? We start workout programs or we create New Year's resolutions. And I love all of those things, but we thought, why not create a New Year resolution centered around spiritual maturity and centered around our growth in Christ together? That's when we came up with Holy Sweat, a 40-day celebration of spiritual disciplines that's going to start on January 1st in just a handful of days. It will encourage you to read, read large chunks of scripture, to practice spiritual disciplines, and hopefully create some amazing new habits together. It will require you to purchase this book, The Celebration of Discipline, written by Richard Foster. I've got a few copies left if you need some financial assistance to purchase this book. Otherwise, uh, we can put the Amazon link in the sermon notes or in the chat window there for you, and you can one-click buy that sucker right to your front door so you're ready to join us on January 1st. And and here's how it's going to work. When you sign up online, you're going to join our registration group, and that will give me access to to send you an email or a text over the course of the 40 days just to encourage you on the journey, remind you of where we're at, and share some interesting notes and and practices that we might try together. Um, During that time also, you'll you'll be reading large chunks of Scripture, right? You'll even be reading this entire book, and then we're going to work our way through the various chapters together. Overall, though, the goal is, is simple. It's to grow closer to Jesus, right? It's all about spiritual maturity and spiritual growth. It's not about striving or somehow working harder in order to earn God's favor and earn God's grace. This is all about positioning our hearts and really prioritizing our spiritual life at the beginning of the year in hopes that those good habits we establish together will, will continue on for the rest of the calendar year. You'll notice there are two versions when you sign up, an intro and an extreme. The only difference is the Bible reading plan. We'll we'll all read Celebration of Discipline together at the same pace and try the, the various spiritual disciplines together. The only difference is the Bible reading plan. In the intro version, you're gonna read about two or three chapters of the Gospels each day. That means you're going to read all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the first 40 days of 2022. If you choose the extreme version, it's about two or three times as aggressive in the Bible reading plan, six, seven, or eight chapters a day, but that means you'll read the entire New Testament in the first 40 days of the new year. Both options 
are amazing. Sign up for what's best and what's right for you. But imagine just for a moment, like what will happen in our church if the first 40 days of the calendar year, we're all reading the scriptures together, we're all practicing various spiritual disciplines together. I mean, I'm excited about what God will do in our local church community. So join me. Make sure to sign up using the registration online, purchase the book, and get ready to grow together in 2022. All of that is coming right around the corner. Uh, But for now, let's kind of transition and position ourselves to wrap up this year and wrap up the series we're currently in called The Unexpected King. This has been a great series. All Advent long, we've been looking at the unexpected nature of our newborn king, the unexpected arrival of Jesus and his birth narrative. We've studied the unexpected guests with the shepherds. We've studied the unexpected Uh, gifts that the wise men brought. We've even looked at the unexpected and simplicity kind of behind the actual birth story of Jesus Christ. And so today, today's title is called The Unexpected Response. The Unexpected Response. That's what we're going to be looking at as we close out this series. And in order to do that, I want to talk about a really famous Christmas song. For some, uh, this is your favorite Christmas song. You love, every time you hear this on the radio, you turn it up, you play it on repeat in your home. This is your Christmas song. But for others, you hate this song. You, every time it comes, you turn it down, you change the station, or, or you, uh, you begin to, to squirm in your seat. We all have different responses to this song. It's a, it's a song that asks a question, not a It seems simple, but it's actually not very simple at all. It's a a question many have tried to answer. Um, You see, I'm trying to build the tension here because I haven't told you the name of the song yet. Pop culture artists have tried to sing and answer this song for years. Bloggers, theologians, pastors have answered this question over the years. Of course, though, I, I will say that pastors and theologians, we have very strong opinions on how to answer this question. The question is simply this. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? Right? Like I said, a song revered by some, hated by others. The song, Mary, did you know? If you want to engage around what your favorite song is, feel free to write in the title of your favorite Christmas song in the chat right now. And listen, if it's Mary, Did You Know, put all caps on, type it in, be loud, be proud, and share with everyone that this is your favorite Christmas song. All kinds of people have sung this song. You know, we're talking Kenny Rogers, Carrie Underwood, Dolly Parton, even the the famous vocal group Pentatonix has done this song. And in my own extensive amount of YouTube research, I even found that CeeLo Green has performed Mary Did You Know. I have to say it was actually pretty amazing. CeeLo did a, a knockout job. So, but this question, it really has been sung for years. And right here, right now, December 26th, As your pastor, I am about to give you the theological answer to this question, Mary, did you know? No, she did not know. 
okay? There is no way that she knew. She did not know. I hate to say it. I know I'm ruining this song for some of you, but there is no way that she knew all of the things that we sing about in this song. Now, the list of what I've ruined for you is growing this Advent season. I've already ruined some of your nativity scenes, and I'm not like trying to do these things to you on purpose. I, I just... I'm a little bit of a Bible head, a little bit of a nerd when it comes to this stuff. And so I always have to view these things from a theological point of view. And quite simply, theologically, scripturally, pastorally, she just didn't know everything that we sing about in this song. If you think about the lyrics and what you sing about how Mary, uh, maybe did you know that your baby boy would someday walk on water? No, she... She didn't know that, right? Like she didn't know that when she was looking at her baby, she was looking at the great I am or when she kissed her baby's face that she was kissing the face of God. She had no idea that this was what was actually taking place. Now to qualify, she, she probably had some ideas, right? She had some inklings. After all, the angels did show up to Mary. They showed up to Joseph. They had spoken some spiritual truths to her about who Jesus would be and what he would do for the people of God. But she had no idea that his life would play out the way that it played out or that he was fully God and fully man all at the same time. She just didn't know those things. She, again, had inklings, but not knowings, right? She didn't know deeply all of these truths. And as you look at the life of Jesus, if you look at his birth narrative, you can tell that she thought about these things often, even though she didn't have the answer. She kept these angelic visitations within her heart. She wondered about them. She waited on them. She treasured them, right? The scripture gives you this clue time and time again. And, and that's really the beauty in this song is the ongoing kind of pondering nature that she had around these big moments with God around the birth of Jesus Christ. So what I want to do is I want to examine kind of this unexpected way that Mary responds to all of these happenings around the birth of Jesus, all of these promises. Let's take a look at what scripture has to say about how she responded and how she kept these things in her heart. We're going to look at two key verses together this morning, both from the Gospel of Luke. First, let's look at Luke 2, verse 19. It says, Mary kept all of these things in her heart and she thought about them often. Some translations say that she treasured these things within her heart, that she gave careful thought to them, she secured them and pondered them time and time again. I, I really love that phrase that she treasured these things within her heart, gave careful thought to them, and pondered all of these things. The, the context of this verse in Luke 2, of course, is the, the entire birth story of Jesus. The angels arrived and spoke to the shepherds. And then as we taught just a couple of weeks ago, the shepherds had to go and see for themselves this newborn king. And Mary and Joseph are there just watching everything unfold before their very eyes. All of this takes place, and then we read about Mary's unexpected response in Luke 2.19. She treasured and kept all of these things secure within her heart, pondering them and thinking about them often. 
this same phrase and this same idea happened a little bit later in Luke chapter two. If you fast forward now 12 years to when Jesus is a childhood, his ministry still hasn't started yet. And actually he gets lost on a journey. His parents eventually find him in the temple where he's confounding the wise, asking and answering all kinds of religious questions. And when Mary and Joseph talk with him, he responds to them, didn't you know that I needed to be in my father's house? And immediately after that, in Luke 2, 51, this is what the scripture says. Then he, Jesus, returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. To them. And his mother stored all of these things in her heart. Now, it reads a little bit differently in verse 51 than before, but it's actually the same word in the original language, in the Greek language. It's this idea of her storing and keeping safe and treasuring all of these things within her heart. See, see, she's watching everything take place in the life of Jesus. She's hearing all the messages. The angels keep showing up. All of these amazing things are taking place. But what she does is she doesn't rush to judgment or critique. What she does is she holds them within her heart. She treasures them and ponders them time and time again. I think that's really important to point out, that she holds them almost in an open-handed posture. She's not pointing at them and, and moving them from side to side, looking at all the different angles, critiquing and judging all the different nuances of this story, because quite honestly, she didn't know all the nuances of the story. She was slow to critique, slow to judge in her ponderings. She didn't allow her preconceptions or her you know, presuppositions or her assumed knowledge interpret all the events that had begun to unfold. Instead, she just pondered them, waiting, pondered them, watching God, treasuring them within her heart. She knew she didn't have the whole story, and so she was waiting for more revelation waiting for more truth and waiting to see who Jesus would become in the fullness of his life. Now, this is, this is fascinating for me because I'm quite the opposite. Or if I get a message from God or if I read scripture or if I think God is starting to do something, I am quick to move out of pondering and into critiquing. I'm quick to move from pondering to judging or pondering to improving, always trying to sharpen and get better and all these different things. But here in the life of Mary, what we see is she just ponders and waits, ponders and treasures. And time and time again, she's not quick to, to rush off to judgment or different critiques, but instead she's keeping all of these things secure within her heart. So as we close this series, The Unexpected King, as we navigate this scripture, even as we close 2021 together, I want to encourage you with this. Never underestimate the spiritual discipline of pondering. Never underestimate the spiritual discipline of pondering, right? It, it almost sounds funny when you hear it or when I say it out loud because when I often talk about spiritual disciplines, I think about things that, that take work or cause strangely a small amount of pain, right? Like fasting or waking up early to engage in scripture and study. But we need to never underestimate the power, the spiritual discipline and power of pondering. And just so you know, this is very different than daydreaming. Pondering and daydreaming, different things. This is, this is different than getting lost in the clouds or losing track of time and space. We're talking about pondering, but with a purpose, 
treasuring God's spoken truths to you through, uh, through the scripture, through other people, or maybe prophetically to you even, pondering those things, mulling them over, and treasuring them within your heart. Don't underestimate this spiritual discipline. Fight the urge in the midst of it to critique and to judge and just allow God's story to be told over and over again in your heart. It will be so powerful for you. NPR actually just released a a really interesting study a while back that looked at memory related to photography. NPR released this study and what they did was they, they studied all kinds of families that went on vacation and they were trying to figure out does taking lots of pictures on vacation help or hurt your memory? And what they found was that less pictures equals more clarity when it comes to your memory. Less pictures, more memory. More pictures, less memory. They had found that, that essentially taking photographs of every step and every day and every special moment at your vacation keeps you from remembering everything personally. It's almost like you're outsourcing your memory to a phone or a device. Not to mention you're, you're always like not quite living in the moment because you're trying to capture it and you're trying to position everyone in the right way and get your nine, seven, and five-year-old to all smile at the same time. I mean, it very rarely works. And what they found was it's better to live in the moment, to retell that story, to treasure everything that you have because it will help your memory. If that doesn't ring any bells, and another example of this is driving directions, right? I can, with 100% confidence, tell you that I was a much much better driver getting from place to place before uh, I got this phone, right? Before this phone, I had to actually pay attention to the directions. I had to ponder and think while I was driving, I'm gonna turn left here, I'm gonna turn right there, and then finally I've arrived, but not anymore. I just type in the directions in my phone and someone tells me what to do. They tell me where to drive, and then if I bypass it, they tell me to do a U-turn, and finally, arrived. This is the nature of our current era, right? That technology is beginning to take the place of our memory. Now, obviously, I don't care that much about directions. I don't care that much if I have to type in the address every time I need to get somewhere to go, but scripture or the story of God His promises spoken over my life, these are the things that I treasure the most. These are the things that I want on my heart and in my mind. These are the things that I want to reflect on and meditate on often. And I've realized that if I ponder these things and if I allow God to speak to me but continue to speak to me, this is valuable to my spiritual memory. This is valuable to my spiritual growth. See, when I ponder the scripture or the story of God, I'm no longer just allowing someone else to tell me what to think or what to believe or to turn right or to turn left. Now, all of a sudden, I'm discerning with God. I'm living with God. I'm pondering all of the things that he's told to me. This is why we're encouraging you to join Holy Sweat where for 40 days you'll be navigating the scriptures yourself. You'll be digging into the scriptures yourself. You'll be creating the narrative in your mind and in your heart of God's story so that you can think about it throughout your day. As we do this together, our minds will be filled with God's truth. 
They'll be filled with God's promises. And those are the things that we can ponder in the new year. So don't be afraid to slow down, to think often, to reflect and remember, to even treasure the ways that God has spoken to you and moved in your life. As I close this message and as we prepare to close 2021 together, I want to encourage you the next few days to practice the discipline of pondering. Practice pondering. Again, not daydreaming, not getting lost in the clouds, not being quick to judge or critique before you have all of the information. Pondering the things of God is is way more intentional. It's way more pure than that. But try pondering. Practice this discipline of reflecting and meditating, wondering and treasuring all that God has done in your life. Get a journal and write down all that he has done in 2021. Write down the biggest moments. Write down the things that maybe seem insignificant. You might see a pattern of how God has moved in your life over the year. Maybe go for a walk. If you like the outdoors, go for a hike. And just with every mile or every half mile or every quarter mile, however long your hike is, think about every month and what God has done in your life. If you're married, maybe go on a date. And over the course of your meal, share with your spouse the things that God has faithfully done in your life, in your marriage, in your family over the course of the year. I mean, that sounds like a good date to me, reflecting and pondering all that God has done. These kinds of conversations are so meaningful and they're incredibly, incredibly spiritual. Pondering as a spiritual discipline is vital to your growth and your maturity. It's vital to your growth in Christ. And as we see in the life of Mary, it will help you remember and reflect all the magnificent things God has done and is doing in your life. As this year comes to a close, let's become more like Jesus by doing the things that Mary did, treasuring and pondering all that God has promised in our lives and in the days ahead. Let's pray.